Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Oh God, Lord, let us see like you see. Father, we will not be overwhelmed when you unveil to us how you see things. Lord, give us that wisdom, oh God, to know just what to do, to know just what to say. Lord, without you, we can do nothing. This afternoon, oh God, we have come and we are confident that your spirit will speak to us. Minister to us, oh God. Let it be a word for us, oh God. Father, bring knowledge to us this afternoon. Let the deer and the sakar come to us, oh God. We open our hearts to receive from you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you of your spirit. Spirit of God, have your way amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. With a clap offering, take a seat as we open to the scriptures to hear the word of God. Like I said, I have no doubt in my mind that once we come to the house of God and we open nothing else but the scriptures, we are blessed already. So this afternoon, I want to share a very important message with you. We finished sharing a long series on demons and um, we brought it to a conclusion last week. But today I want to share something very, very important with you. And um, I want to talk to you about endurance. Endurance. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 10. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 10. He says, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But, say but. But But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. He that endure, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. He that shall endure unto the end, 
that same person shall be saved. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of you agree with me that, or you have seen already, or you have experienced already, that the Christian walk, it involves or it requires endurance? How many will agree with me that the Christian walk requires endurance? Sister Benis, it is good to see you. Wow. I am very, very happy to see you. Amen. Amen. The Christian walk requires endurance. Amen. Amen. Now, endurance is not a pleasant thing. When you hear of endurance, it is not a pleasant thing. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you the definition when I looked up the word endurance. I'm going to give you the definition of endurance. Listen carefully. It means the fact or power of enduring or putting up with an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. I want you to pay attention to, I'm going to give you the few definitions that I have here, but there are some key words that I want you to pay attention to, such as unpleasant and difficult. It says the fact of power, that's the definition of endurance. The power of enduring or putting up with an unpleasant or difficult process. Difficult process. Do you see? So it's like ongoing, but it's difficult. Bridget, do you understand? And it's unpleasant. And you go through it without giving way. The next one, it says the capacity of something to last or withstand wear and tear. The capacity of something, the ability, the capacity of something to last or withstand wear and tear. Amen. Wear and tear. That means you are using it, you're overusing it, but it is withstanding. Hallelujah. It will withstand wear and tear. Do you see? So you realize, for instance, that when you go to any public place, when you go to an office, for instance, a public place, or you go to a hotel, for instance, they have certain carpets in the rooms, in the lobby, all over the place. And they are designed to endure. They are designed to withstand wear and tear. Amen. Whereas in your bedroom or in your living room, which you have decorated and you don't sit there, you don't want anyone to sit there, you have a white fluffy carpet. Do you see? A white fluffy carpet. It cannot endure anything. Someone comes and walks on it, you get angry. But something that is designed to last and to endure People walk on it. People wickedly with, they wear, they intentionally wear shoes that have points, really pointy. And they come and they walk on it. And the thing will withstand. Amen. People come with dirty shoes. They walk from the street and they walk on it. You will come again and you see the thing is nice. It will withstand wear and tear. When they do the same thing to your bedroom carpet, you will not be happy. Amen. 
So it has that endurance, that capacity. The next one, it says, the ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue. You know what is fatigue? What does it mean? Tiredness. It says, the ability to, or the strength to continue or to last, especially despite fatigue, Despite stress, despite tiredness, despite the fact that you say, I want to work all week and I am tired, but I'm still coming to church. Despite fatigue, despite tiredness, you say, I work the night before, I work all night, but I'm still coming. Despite tiredness, that is endurance. He says, despite fatigue, despite stress. You say, things are really rough at home. The way my marriage is going, I am just stressed to the wazoo. But I am still coming. Is that a word like that? Yeah. You say, the children have stressed me out to the point beyond description, but I am still coming. I am still coming to sing. I am still coming for rehearsals. I am still coming to preach. I will still come and arrange the place. That is endurance. Hallelujah. He said, despite fatigue or stress or other adverse conditions. Adverse conditions means unfavorable conditions. Amen. Unfavorable conditions. The other definition, it says, the ability of an organism to exert itself and remain active for a long period of time. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, when I say organism, people are thinking of other things. You know, your minds are corrupt. Mercy. You didn't learn any biology, so when you hear something, something, org, and zim, you put what you know together, and... You are free. May the Lord cleanse your mind in his house. I said the ability of an organism to exert itself, to exert itself means to put force and pressure on yourself. To ex- or, or to avail yourself to forces and pressure. The ability of an organism to exert itself and remain active. You exert yourself, but you remain active for a long period of time. As well as its ability to resist, to withstand, to recover from and have immunity to trauma, to wounds, or to fatigue. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That is, that is endurance. Amen. That is endurance. The Christian life is a permanent relationship with God. Hallelujah. The Christian life is forever. It's not a temporal relationship. Hallelujah. God never intended that anything will end this relationship. It was never intended to be ended by anything. Amen. God intends to have a relationship with you forever, 
for a, a long period of time. Amen. All your life, God intends to have a relationship with you. Hallelujah. That is why, that is why he compares his relationship with you to that of marriage. The relationship that Jesus has with you, the relationship that you have come to form with Jesus, he compares it with that of marriage. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 32, quickly, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 32. Now, if you read the preceding scriptures, maybe we can uh, go, go up to maybe verse um, 28. Let me see, 28. Okay. So he says, so ought a man, what about 20, 27? He says, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot 25, 25. He says, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So husbands should give themselves for their wives. Amen. Husbands should give themselves to their wives. He says, that is how Christ loved the church. Christ gave himself to the church. Christ gave himself. That is why you are here today. So he says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26, he says, please. Is it frozen? Forgive. Okay. Maybe I should. Okay. He says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Hallelujah. And then he says, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Now, he that loveth his wife, loveth himself. What a shock. If you don't love your wife, it means you don't love yourself. What an idiot you are that you don't love yourself. And you have become an idiot because you don't love your wife. Wow. I love you, my wife. I am not an idiot. <laughs> I have delivered myself. I don't know about you, but you can also deliver yourself. Amen. He said, he that loveth his wife, loveth himself. The next scripture, he says, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Do you see how Christ is comparing his love for you to that of marriage? And the next verse, he says, for we are members of his body, we, you, you, so your relationship. We are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But what are we talking about? He said, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Jesus compares his relationship with you to that of marriage. 
And he says, it's a great mystery. It is one relationship that is meant forever. He compares it to marriage. And what does he say about marriage in Matthew chapter 18? Uh, Matthew chapter 19. Let's read Matthew chapter 19 from verse 3. What does he say about marriage? He says, The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause or for any reason? Is it lawful? Is it okay to put away your wife, to get rid of her, leave her for any reason? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the twain or the two shall be one flesh. They shall be one flesh. And then he says, Wherefore, there are no more two. That means when you see the man and the wife, you are in your eyes, you are seeing two people, but there are no more two. They are one. They are one flesh. Hallelujah. I tell you, marriage is a very serious thing. And you don't enter into it ignorantly. If you are entering into it with a mind that if it doesn't work, I am getting out. You are, you, you are not bright. But I am bright. I am bright. Amen. Today I am delivering myself easily. Hallelujah. So he says... What therefore, what therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Let not man put asunder. Let not any man, not you, not you, not you, not you. So for the husband and the wife, not either of you, not anyone from outside, no man should put this asunder. This is the relationship that Christ also wants to have with you. That when you come to join with him in this relationship, it's never to be broken again. It's a lifetime relationship. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? No one likes to begin something and not finish it. No one. No one likes that. Amen. You don't want to begin something and then you don't finish it. You don't want to begin a relationship with someone and the person promises that I want to be with you in this relationship as I am getting to know you. I am planning that we will be together the rest of our lives. And just as you are in the preparation, now you are looking for a wedding. You are searching for a wedding dress. You are looking for a wedding gown, and just as you eyed that one and you set your mind on this one, finally, then he comes and says, I have changed my mind. I don't want that relationship anymore. Let me tell you, beginning anything and not finishing it, it is very detrimental. Hallelujah. It is very detrimental. What it leaves you is it is very painful. 
When you begin anything that you don't finish, it leaves you with a lot of wounds. Your situation from before is worse than you will be when you don't complete it. Amen. You will be full of pain and bitterness. You will be full of anger. Amen. I say anything that you begin and you don't finish is a painful thing. Hallelujah. It's a very painful thing. Amen. Any type of relationship, any type of relationship, it can be a relationship between two friends. If something comes to break that relationship, it leaves a lot of wounds and bitterness. Any relationship. It can be a relationship with a boss. Any type of relationship. Your beloved. Amen. It leaves a lot of pain. Hallelujah. Someone has promised to marry you. And you have set your mind. Oh. And you are imagining. And then you say, oh, if he marries me, I am going to bless him with two beautiful boys. And one beautiful girl. And they, we, we will be together. And, and, and I, will, I, 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 will, I, will, I will let him... I will let him have fun with the boys. Sometimes he will just go on a ride with the boys. And then I will stand in the window and I will just wave them. Bye-bye. See you later. And I will prepare dinner as they have gone out. And they will come. Me and say, and the girl and I will be in the kitchen. And then we will prepare. You, see, you are imagining all this beauty around your life. And then he comes and says, I don't want to continue this anymore. I don't want to continue this anymore. You have begun buying every plate that they put on sale at Macy's. You don't have enough room in your house, but you are ready. Different dishes. You have bought every kind of thing. You want preparing for this relationship. And then he comes and then he changes his mind. You are getting ready to bless him. Give him joy. Amen. And a lot of times, a lot of times, what comes, what comes to break the relationship that does not allow it to continue on is something that is unpleasant. It is something that is difficult. It is something that you are tired of. Do you remember the definition for endurance? And it calls for endurance to continue in that relationship. Hallelujah. To continue in that relationship. It calls for endurance. Hallelujah. And so is our relationship with Jesus. When we have this relationship with him and he has, you have built it to a point. You have built it to a point and he's getting ready and he's planning some wonderful blessings for you. He says, hey, I'm going to, look, you don't know what I'm planning. For. I'm going to my father's house. You know, this relationship that you have entered, you don't know how much blessings come. I'm going to my father's house. I'm going to prepare for you a mansion. I'm going to prepare a special place for you. He says, you know, for you especially, I'm building a mansion personally for you. 
Whenever we are in this relationship and he is about to do something great in our life, he says, you know this relationship, I am going to make you a leader that is going to stand before my congregation and I will put my words in your mouth. You know, I will anoint you personally. I will anoint you to do the work. Now, whenever you are getting to that stage, whenever the relationship begins and you are getting to that stage, something comes in, something comes in between that requires endurance. Anytime something great is coming your way, you are going to experience some difficulty. You are going to experience something that is going to make you stop. You are going to experience something that is not pleasant. Anytime God is about to do something great in your life, you are going to experience some. Look, there was, there was crucifixion. There was crucifixion. There was the son born. And there were miracles. And there were healing. And there were powerful preaching. And there were following. And people were following him. But it, as it was going, as this relationship was going, it, it was going to a time. And as it was going, people deserted him. As it was going, there was a crucifixion. There needed to be a crucifixion before salvation beauty can come to you. There needed to be a crucifixion. Amen. When a woman is pregnant, you know, you feel the baby, and the baby is moving, and then, oh, and then you giggle, and then you giggle. You see, even the beginning of that, the beginning of that process was a pleasant thing. Children, close your ears. And don't try this at home unless you are given a license. Amen. Hallelujah. There was a process. You see, and then as it is going on, it's pleasant. Oh, and it's nice. It's nice. Oh, I feel the baby. I feel the baby. But it comes to a point where the blessing is going to come out. The blessing is going to come out. And then you come to a stage where there is pain. There is pains of labor. And then you'll be yelling and you are crying. But that time, it requires endurance. You cannot say that I can't go on anymore. I am not taking this pain anymore. Let it go back. It will not be pleasant. If you don't continue on and you don't endure, it will not be pleasant. It can result in your death. But if you continue and you endure the pain and you proceed and you go forward... There comes the blessing of a beautiful baby crying and then they put that baby on your laps. And finally, the crying that was just a few minutes ago, it has turned into joy and laughter. Amen. Amen. But you need to endure. Hallelujah. Take school, for instance. If they are going to give you a certificate and they say, you deserve this much money, and you deserve this much money that can afford you to buy this and to own this and to live here and to have that, you're going to go through some pain. You're going to go through examinations. You're going to go through waking up early in the morning. You're going to go through walking in the cold when you don't want to. Amen. You're going to have to deal with unpleasant professors. You're going to have to deal with Teachers that don't like you. Hallelujah. You're going to go through a process. Amen. 
They will not give you the certificate until you have gone through that pain. Until, and then sometimes you come through it with the difficulty, but as you are going to the end, the difficulty begins to mount up and mount up and mount up. And there are so many forces that are looking to get you out. But if you endure, I say if you endure, hallelujah. Now, if in the middle of it, you decide to end it, you decide in the middle, I am tired. You, you see, you have paid tuition. You have paid tuition. Sometimes you have taken loans. And then you have paid tuition and paid tuition. And then you have come to the middle of it. And you say, no, there, there are too many challenges. There are too many difficulties. I have changed my mind. I am not going on anymore. You will be so sad. And you will be far worse off than you began. Your life will be worse if you had not even begun. Because you will not have any loan at that point if you did not even begin. Amen. And you get to a middle where your life is worse off. Hallelujah. You see, they advertise work, jobs. And they said, um, they will say, oh, we are looking for doctors. And then you come and you say, oh, I, I, I began. I began medical school. You know, I, um, I am a half doctor. I, I, I went halfway through it. You know, I started medical school, but I couldn't finish. I am halfway through it. You know, we, we, we learn up to treating malaria. You know, if anyone comes with malaria and you bring my way, you know, I, I, I can take care of that. So give me that. They're not going to take you. They're not going to give you a job like that. You can show them all your certificates. Amen. Oh, I, I am a half lawyer. You know, I went through law school, but I couldn't finish. Halfway, I stopped. You know, look at my loans. I own a lot of money, and all of this is from going to law school. And look at my grace, some of my grace. You may have had the best of grace, but if you didn't finish, if you didn't finish, I say, if you didn't finish. Amen. How many of you have heard of, you know, we are advertising for... Um, Incomplete nurses, please. <laughs> nurses who couldn't finish. You know, you started nursing school and you couldn't finish. Cynthia, have you seen a job like that before? Halfway nurses. You say, oh, uh, you know, only thing I can do is injection. I can't give injection. <laughs> but when it comes to giving medicine through the mouth, you know, I can try. I can try that one. Or you say, oh, um, I, we learn how to you know, clean the patients and all those things. Those, I finished all of that. So, give me this job. I can do up to that. They will not hire you. And you realize, you realize that, you see, someone even who did an LPN, LPN, and finished his life or her life is far better than you who began an RN program or BSN program and you could not finish. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? And what will take anyone to complete anything is endurance. It's endurance. The thing that will come to make you make a mind that I'm not going on any further, it is something that calls for endurance. Hallelujah. And that is how our walk with Christ is. Amen. You, you can't be halfway. You cannot be half. Look at the scripture in Revelation chapter 3. And verse 15. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. 
He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. Let me look. He said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. Give me the NIV so you understand what I'm telling you. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. You are not in this Christianity fully. Sometimes you are here, sometimes you are not there. How come? They, they said, we are starting a series, and the entire church began. And you say, I will take some, I will not take some. He said, I know your deeds. You are in and you are out. You know, sometimes you just choose. As I am meeting my people, as I'm meeting the people that I have relationship with, you choose to watch TV at home. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Do you hear? I wish you began or you didn't start at all. You were better off not starting than to be in between. He says, I wish you were either one or the other. I wish you were either cold, you were not with me, or you were with me fully. And for that reason, he says, so because you are lukewarm, you know what is lukewarm? It's a honey hawk. <laughs> he says, because you are lukewarm, you are like this, you are like that. Because you are in between. Because you are as, as if you are going, as if you are coming. Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit out. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. This is Jesus. Talking about his relationship with you. Amen. Constance, do you understand the word of God this afternoon? He says, because of that, I will spew you out. I will spit you out of my mouth. Because I don't know where you stand. And I don't like people. I prefer the people who, are, who have set their minds. They are not with me. But you who have chosen, I am with you. And I don't see you are coming with me or you are, not going, you are, not, you are, you are leaving me. That scares me. Such people, I just spit them out of my mouth. Amen. It involves endurance. It involves endurance. And so he says in Luke chapter 14 and verse 28, he says, anytime you are entering into this relationship, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Jeff, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, when you are about to build a tower, when a man set his heart to build a tower, would he not first sit down and analyze the cost and see that he can complete it before he set his mind to do it? Anyone that does not do that is not worth even having a relationship with. You need to count the cost. Hallelujah. I say you need to count the cost. You want to propose a, to a woman, count the cost. Hallelujah. Count the cost. Amen. You want to propose, you want to marry a woman, count the cost. Hallelujah. 
someone wants to marry you, he comes to you, he says, have you counted the cost? He says, what is the cost? He says, you don't know, sometimes, sometimes, this nice girl, sometimes I am not that nice. When I get angry, you can't stand me. Have you counted that cost? You know, sometimes, sometimes I cook and there's too much salt. Have you counted that cost? Sometimes I cook and there's too much pepper. Have you counted that cost? Sometimes, sometimes my, 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 my way, when myself comes, it is not a pleasant thing. Have you counted the cost? Do you think you are ready for this? Are you ready to go all the way with me? Are you able to endure what is coming? Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready? Hallelujah. You want to marry, count the cost. Look, if you are beginning anything, you're beginning anything and you cannot con- continue and complete it, don't even start it. I say your situation is worse off in the middle than not even starting at all. Hallelujah. It costs you a lot more to start and not finish. Amen. It costs you a lot more. Hallelujah. It costs you a lot more. Amen. So you are far better off not starting at all. Your, your situation is much better not starting at all. Because that state of incompleteness is there a word like that? The state of incompleteness is a very painful state. It is a very painful state. It is an unpleasant state to be. So when you are beginning anything, count the cost. I want to marry you. I know that you can be. I know that you can be this way. I know you can be that way. Expect it and count the cost and say, I can endure. I can go on with that relationship. God does not intend that this relationship is temporal at all. Amen. It's not temporal. And so you need to count the cost. Look, Christianity is not all about weddings and outdoors and baby showers and parties and we are breaking bread together. Christianity is not all about that. It's not about that. It's not about enjoyment. Amen. That is not Christianity. That is not what it's about. Amen. I said that is not what it's about. Hallelujah. If that is what Christianity is about, then God will never talk about endurance. But the scriptures are all littered everywhere with endurance. That we need to endure. That we need to endure. Hallelujah. Christianity is not about, oh, we are happy. And we are dancing together and we are rejoicing. Christianity is not all about that. It's not being shared. We are, oh, we are happy. Christianity is about love. I say Christianity is about love. You don't understand. I said Christianity is about love. Hallelujah. It's about love. And I tell you, Loving someone is not a pleasant thing. Loving someone is not a pleasant thing. I said Christianity is about what? Love. And if you want to be a Christian and love someone, it's not a pleasant thing. Hallelujah. When others come to, come to us, when people come to the church and they 
they, 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 they must experience love. They ought to experience love from you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They ought to experience love from you. And the love that they're experiencing is not parties. It is not, it is not adoring. It is not, oh, when I came to the church that day, you know, they were breaking bread. That is not that type of love that they will experience from you. I'm sharing something very, very important with you. That is not that type of love. Hallelujah. That is not that type of love. You want to know what that type of love? You want to know what the people should experience from you to, feel, to say that we feel love in the church? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. And we read from the NIV. It's good. We don't have a lot of time. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. He says, love is patient. Love is patient. Love is patient. Miriam, love is patient. Now, patient means there is something unpleasant going on, but I am just patient. Patient. Look, love is patient. Love is not to love someone. It's not a pleasant thing. To love someone is not a pleasant thing. It says love is patient. Love is kind. That means that you are a wicked person and what you are doing to me is very wicked, but I will do you good. It means I am showing you kindness. Love is not an easy thing. Love is kind. It is kind. It's not, it's not, it's not party. Let's go to the restaurant and let us eat. Love is kind. Love means you are doing something that you don't deserve because of your behavior. I'm being kind to you. I didn't write a Bible. You can have your own definition of love, but this is what God is talking about when he talks about love. He says, love is kind. It does not envy. You know, it is not an easy thing not to envy. You know, you see, envy comes passively. You know, sometimes you just get... But not to envy, you have to force yourself not to envy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You have to force yourself. You see, because envy, you don't plan to be envy. You know, that you stand in there and say, hmm, I'm going to be envy. You know, I'm going to be envy. Envy, envy, come, 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 envy. But you see, it just comes passively. But not to envy, you say, oh, I see your beautiful car that you just bought recently. Brother, I love it and I'm happy for you. You see, and I, oh, can you give me a ride one day when you, you know, you're going out? I want to see. You see, you are purposing not to be envy. It's paining you, but you are rejoicing with him. You see, you see, you wish it was your car, but you are rejoicing with the brother. It says, it does not boast. It does not boast. Love does not boast. It's not proud. Now, do you know what it means to be proud? Or what it means not to be proud? Not to be proud means to be what? Humble. It's not an easy thing to be humble. It's not an easy for people to walk on you and... 
But it is easy for you to say, do you know who I am? Do you know where I come from? Do you know how many letters are after my name? Do you know how many degrees that I have after my name? You see, it is easy to talk like that. But to humble yourself is a very, you need endurance to humble yourself. Amen. It, it says, it is not rude. Sometimes, you, sometimes there are some people that you want to be rude to them. Sometimes there are some people, when they see you, when you are meeting them, you want to go and just look away and just walk your way. Sometimes there are some people, when they are crossing you, you intentionally want to look and disregard them as if you have not seen them. But love does not make you become rude. You greeted them last time. They didn't mind you. But love calls for, greet them again. You saw this is the first time the person came to church and then you went to say hello to the person and then, you know, excuse me. Okay, excuse me. All right, I'll talk to you. Can I have your number for what? No. And then next week, you see the person, hi, brother, how are you? Sister, how are you? It's good to see you again. You know, the last time I wanted to call you, but I didn't have your number. Can I have your number so I can call you? You see, love is not rude. But you'll be happy. You see, it is easy to also show the person that, look, it is because of the church. eh? You don't know who I, it's because of church that I am here like that, walking around like that. Can I have a witness? If you have called some people, you are a shepherd following our people, and you have called people before, you sometimes you hang up the phone and say, hey, in fact, the church thing is not easy. <laughs> Amen. You call someone and call the person and call the person. Even when the person sees you, he doesn't even acknowledge, oh, I saw your missed call. I'm so sorry I couldn't respond. And then the person sees you and then you say, oh, I, have, I was trying to call you. I've called you many, many times this week. Eh, okay. Oh. <laughs> wow. He says, it is not self-seeking. I'm telling you what is love. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. What you are doing requires that I'll be very angry with you, but I am smiling. It is not easily angered. That is love. And it keeps no records of wrongdoing. It keeps no record of wrong. Hallelujah. That is love. That is love. He says, what is the next one? He says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It does not delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. Brother, I like you very much, but this thing that you did, I will tell Reverend. (laughs) You see, the person will not like that. But you see, you need, if you love the person, that is what it calls for. Amen. It says, it, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And the last one, it says, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
Now, love always protects. Now, to protect means you place yourself in danger so that the other person is not in danger. I know my parents don't like you, but I will let them insult me and say that, look at this foolish man. You look how he allowing the wife to treat him. But I will take the blows and you'll be safe. That is love. That is love. That is love. Amen. It protects. It trusts. Hallelujah. It is risky. They say, hey, don't trust men. No. It's risky, but I trust you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So when someone comes to us, when someone comes to the church and says, I feel love. I feel love in the church. I feel love in the church. What a person is saying is that I feel God in the church. I am feeling God in the church. I feel the presence of God in the church. Because the scripture says, it says, God is love. So when I'm experiencing this thing from you, look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 12. And the NIV, keep it there. It says, no one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. Crown, do you understand the scripture? It says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. So when someone comes and says, I feel love in the church, it means there is God in you. God lives in you. He feels God in you. He feels the ability to endure. He feels that you are able to go through difficulty. He feels that you are able to go through my behavior. He feels love. That is what God calls love. When the person says, I feel love in the church, it's not the parties. It's not... The preaching of the word of God. It is not that we are having outdooring, but that the person is experiencing people who have endurance to take difficulty. People who have endurance to take nonsense. Amen. That is love. Hallelujah. Endurance. It means someone, someone is able to endure. Someone is able to endure. It means that I feel love in the place means someone has the endurance to come out of the tiredness, fatigue, out of the stress. Someone has the endurance to say, I am coming to rehearse and sing. Someone has the ability, the capacity to endure out of the difficulty at home, out of the stresses at home, to say, I am still coming to arrange the place. Out of someone's tiredness, he says, I work all night, but I'm still coming to go for the rehearsals, to play the drums, to play the keyboards, to preach the word of God. When all of this are put together, you realize that people with endurance are forming. He says, he says and God lives in us and his love is made complete. In whom? In us. In us. In us. When they experience that love, that is what it means. Not the people who give up. Amen. When they say they are experiencing love, it means 
you, you are putting up with my behavior. I know I didn't speak to you the last time. I know you called me and I didn't even respond. But when I came, the smile that you came to meet me with and still asking for my number. What an endurance. What a guy. What a Christian. What a sister. That is when the person will feel love. It's not when everything is nice. When you are offended and you are still here, it calls for endurance. Hallelujah. It calls for endurance. When the pastor did not call you, when you were sick and the pastor did not visit you and you are still coming, and pastors, they will offend you. Amen. When you call the pastor and he didn't even respond to your call. When you, you text the pastor and he didn't even respond to the text. And then you have a phone that says that. I saw that he read my text message. I have seen that he has opened the text, but he didn't respond. I saw that he, he was on WhatsApp, but he didn't respond to my text. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, because you see, sometimes you have to make excuse for people. You have to make excuse for people. You know, you see, look, sometimes, let me have your phone. You see, sometimes, sometimes, you see, when we are, thank you. When sometimes, you see, someone will be at work, for instance, and then, you know, you know that you have, you have sheep that you follow. You know that you have sheep, and they are living lives. They don't live lives on your off hours. The sheep is living. 24-7, the sheep is alive. And the sheep is going through things. There are wolves around the sheep. There are wolves that are looking to snatch. So you see, you want to have access to the sheep all the time. And so sometimes even you are, you are, with, the, you are, you are with your group having patient discussion, but you put your phone, that's in case some emergency sheep just calls you. Emergency sheep is texting something. You need to respond. So you have it there and you are looking. Maybe it's on, on mute. Everything is on mute, but you see. And then you open it. This, I can take care of it later. This, I can, excuse me, I have an important thing to respond to. Just go on with the discussion and um, I'll join you in a minute. You know, and I have an emergency. So you see some odd hours and then the person is calling you, the pastor is calling you back. Because the sheep needs the pastor's urgent response. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? The sheep says, I am, I am about to enter the courtroom. I am about to face the judge. I need you to just pray with me. The pastor is going to have to excuse himself and just say, may the Lord be with you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So make excuses. That is endurance. Uh, I text him. I text him. Yeah, he, 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 oh, I text him. I have texted him five times. You know, he has not even responded. He didn't even open it. He didn't even open it. And you are angry and you are home. Love is patient. Love is kind. The pastor's behavior was not proper, but I love him. Make excuse. That is love. That is what God calls love. 
It's not when we are having parties. Is somebody understanding what, what I'm sharing this afternoon? So you see, with endurance, with endurance, we shall always continue on. We shall always continue on. When we have endurance, we shall always feel love. People around us will feel love when we have endurance. And what they are feeling, what we call love, it is actually God. Because God is love. Hallelujah. God is love. Amen. God is love. Hallelujah. Need you understand what I'm sharing this afternoon? God is love. Yes, you need, you need it, but God is love. So count the cost. Count the cost. He said, you want to walk with me? Count the cost. There will be times that there will be so many reasons why you should not be here. But count the cost. That this relationship that I'm entering, I am entering it for good. I am making a bond with Jesus for good. Hallelujah. Endurance is not pleasant. But I tell you, if you are able to endure, look, between beginning and finishing, it requires endurance. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I tell you, anything that you break in between, if you allow the lack of endurance to make you stop, your situation is far better not starting than being in the middle. Anyone who has begun anything. Have you seen anything that is being offered halfway? We, we, are, we are looking for halfway complete people. Anything. Tell me anything. I say anything that you begin and you do not finish, it is not pleasant. Anything that you begin and you do not finish, it is not pleasant. Try and drive from your home, from from. from on a highway, and you get in the middle and say, I am tired, and I stop. You just stop in the middle of the highway, say, I am tired, and just stay there. Let the other cars come and pass you by. Someone will come and help you. Move forward. And the end will not be pleasant. I say, anything that you begin and you don't finish, it is not pleasant. It is not pleasant. It is very painful. And the thing that will come to end what you do not finish. It is an unpleasant situation. It is a difficult thing. And it requires endurance. We're going to continue next week when we meet. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We are making it. We are making it. Oh, yes. We are making it. Lord, help us. Help us. We are making it. There are times that we feel like not going on. There are times that we feel like not moving forward. There are times that we feel like this is it for us. There are times. There are times like that. But Lord, help us. We are in this until the end. We are in this until the end. He says, anyone that endures, he that endureth, shall receive the crown of life. Anyone that endures. There is a reward. No one gets rewarded for beginning. The reward is not in the beginning. They don't reward you for starting anything. They don't reward you for being in the middle of anything. There is no reward. There is no benefit in being in the middle. 
everything that comes with a reward, it calls for someone completing it. It calls for you finishing it. It calls for endurance. And anything that you ought to finish requires endurance. There will be stages where you are tired. You don't feel like moving forward. You don't feel like going on. But it requires endurance. Does this my daily bread? This is my daily bread. Lord, you are my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Lord, your very word. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your word. Heavenly Father, it is our desire, oh God, to be in this relationship. It is our desire to remain in this relationship. Father, give us the strength and the tenacity to overcome the barriers that stand in our way. The challenges, oh God, 
the difficulties, the unpleasantness, the tiredness, the stresses that we go through. Father, when we are worn and torn, help us to recover. Father, may we see, oh God, that yesterday is gone. Today, oh God, renew strength. Give us strength. Divine strength. Lord, sometimes we have a desire. But Lord, we need your help. Oh, the endurance. Give us that ability, oh God. The ability to withstand. The ability to persist. The ability to recover. The ability to go on. We are grateful and thankful, Jesus. There are times that we want to walk out of our relationships. But Father, help us. Help us, oh Lord, to love the way you love. Help us to be kind the way your kindness comes. Help us to be merciful the way you are merciful. Help us to be patient the way you are patient with us. Help us to be forgiving the way you are forgiving, oh God. Help us, oh God, to endure. We are thankful and we are grateful. We don't want to be lukewarm. We want to be hot, oh God. May we never come to that state where you want to spit us out of your mouth. But may we continue to walk with you in the name of Jesus. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you have not given your life to Jesus, you want to give your life to Jesus. If you were to die today, beloved, when you go under a tree, there are green leaves that are falling. There are brown leaves that are falling. There are yellow leaves and there are purple leaves. All kinds of leaves fall to the ground. It does not matter how strong you feel today. It does not matter how green you are today. Any one of us can fall any day. But if you were to fall, where are you going? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you asked yourself that question? If you were to fall today, if the Lord were to come today, where are you going? Have you asked yourself that question? This afternoon, I want you to answer that question. And say, I want to be sure of that. That if I were to die today, if the Lord were to come today, I know I'm going to be with him. Beloved, no one is wishing to die soon. But we do not decide when we die. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You may not have this chance again. But you have this one chance. You have this one opportunity to give your life to Jesus. One more opportunity. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I will say a short prayer with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your right hand with all eyes closed and every head bowed and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join and let's say this prayer together. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me. Thank you for Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, 
I have sinned. I am unrighteous. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins. You rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Let your blood wash my sins. I invite you this afternoon to come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. You may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.